0: Welcome, everyone, to the final episode of Nidotaku... That's Nidotaku, friends, Nidotaku Gaming Podcast. Everything's, like, mashed together now to the Nidotaku Gaming Podcast of 2020, the final of 2020. And for the final podcast of 2020, we wanted to do a year-in-review and also list what uh, our favorite games in the year were. And to do that, uh, we need someone who actually played... More than five video games that came out in 2020, and that is Mr. Robin. Robin, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing fine. I'm doing okay. Just playing playing lots of games. Just playing lots of games.
0: <laughs> as you do, as you do. Next year, I'm going to play lots of games next year. I'm going to play lots of Like this year, I did a lot of catching up. But next year, I will do my 2011 run where I think I played all the AAA games. Like all the AAA games. And like a bunch of indies, so I think I'll I'll, I'll go pace for pace with you. <laughs> okay, not pace for pace, but I'll definitely be one to one. I think with you on AAA games.
1: Okay, that's fine enough because you know this year I I have you know my numbers this year are kind are kind of crazy. I have played a lot of games this year.
0: I noticed. Like I saw your Twitter thread where you're keeping track, and I'm like this monster. <laughs>
1: I've, I've played a lot of games this year whether it's you know stuff that came out this year stuff that came out last year I've like I, I can admit that okay, you know what I've played a lot
0: yeah yeah I, mean,
1: and I don't I don't know if I'm going to slow down
0: <laughs> Hey, man gaming is only getting better it's 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 fantastic. it has never been a better time to be a gamer. it really hasn't to be honest um, so. Yeah, I guess we can start off, so we're going to have two segments. We're going to start off by listing our, uh, what we consider the best games this year. Uh, So um, I've handicapped Robin because he played like a hundred or whatever. I've handicapped him to three so that he really gets to think about it. So his top three, my top three, obviously have some honorable mentions. And then in the later half, we're just going to run down like what happened in gaming this year because it's been a crazy year for video games holy moly so yeah i guess uh, you can start what would you say it has to be ranked i'm forcing you to rank them it has to be right this, this,
1: look look this <laughs> isn't, this isn't easy because initially i always thought i usually do 10. Mm-hmm. Like every year i do 10. Mm-hmm. like for the past three years in the past three years like 18 19 20 i've managed to play at least 10 releases of that year. And because yeah. of that I usually do 10. Mm. This year I played so much that doing ten was so hard. Like because of ranking. Ranking is extremely difficult. It is, that's it's like, very hard. You okay, know yeah. five. Five unranked. Because that's gonna be much easier. Mm-hmm. And now you're Limited me to three. That means of those five, I've got to cut out two. Hell which yeah. Is like, <laughs> man. You're not making my life easy I'll say that
0: <laughs> Let's let's do this Let's start with honorable mentions What did you say are your honorable mentions? Just list them out Talk about them briefly
1: Honorable mentions Okay With my honorable mentions I'll start with the The two which didn't make it into my top five Uh-huh uh, Doom Eternal mm. Just missed it and Demon's Souls those are like the two which were you know these would have been as good these could have easily made my top 5 but they just just missed it just
0: those are those are those are good g- at least one of those is a good video game that's for sure
1: <laughs> true man at least one of those is a good game. yeah <laughs> Doom Eternal and Demon's Souls Doom Eternal I was really looking forward to it and you know it's one of those games like, okay, this didn't disappoint. I got everything I wanted out of Doom Eternal, that mm. it was supposed to do, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and while also like being incredibly impressed, you know, thing is, if you've played Doom 2016 and you liked it, you know, there's a, been a bit of a backlash to Doom Eternal for fans of Doom 2016. It goes a very different direction.
0: In terms of gameplay? 'Cause that game didn't really have a story per se. So like it has to be no, game.
1: Really, right? Doom twenty sixteen had an um, had an amazing story actually. Like it was understated, mm. but like very atmospheric, heavy and all that. And Sammy stuff. Was
2: yeah.
1: But then like think of it like this. If Doom Twenty sixteen is Devil May Cry one, Doom Eternal is Devil May Cry three. Thing is you don't like, Devil May Cry. So I don't know if you get that analogy.
0: No, I get it. I, 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 very much get it. I was, I was around when the books were being written.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you know, if you know, Devil May Cry one is a pro, is a is like a prototype Resident Evil game, I and mean, Devil May Cry three is like is a crazy action game. Yeah. Doom Doom twenty sixteen is an atmospheric, heavy, you know, it's a, it's a Doom game. Dark-ish it's yeah, a sequel it's, to doom 3 no. whereas doom
0: eternal is what people thought the doom 2016 was is that making sense because like the, if you play doom 3 it's like okay, a doom horror doom. game right okay, and then, no, no.
1: doom 2016 is not a Doom is still like you know it's still wacky yeah, still yeah a very yeah, wacky game.
0: but you can tell like the remnants of the guys who made doom 3 made an action version of that basically
1: yeah Kinda. There's, you know, it's just, it, it takes itself a bit more seriously. It has, like, a bit more care put into the world building. While Doom Eternal is just full on, like, it's it's it's, like, over the top. It's bonkers. You know, that's the direction Doom Eternal goes in. And, you know, I can see why there's backlash to that. But, in my opinion, it's worth it because the gameplay in Doom Eternal, it's the closest thing to a character action game that a first-person shooter has ever been. So,
0: mm, I don't know, man. Vanquish
1: exists. <laughs> I said first-person.
0: Oh, okay, first-person. Okay, yeah, yeah. fair enough. You're right. True. True sure.
1: So you know the that approach. You know, it's not for everyone, but like for me, because I love character action games. Doom Eternal I was like, hey, this is this is fantastic. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. Do me turn. And then Demon Souls. Yeah. Do Demon Souls in. It's Demon Souls. Like I I ended I oh I played the initial Demon Souls not t- too long back. Like, really. Like yeah, I had another run. You
0: subjected no, yourself to that first
1: time. <laughs> I played it for the first time in 2017.
0: Wow. Why?
1: <laughs> then I had another run in 2019 that was last year yikes it's like oh then i said you know you know it was fun both times but you know it's a ps3 game playing a ps3 game so late is, it's just something wrong so like with this remat with this remake it's like wow i didn't think this could look this good mm. and you know, when your presentation is so good, you're able to appreciate the other stuff more. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think after playing Demon Souls now, I'm like, okay, this is way better than I remember. And I probably like it more than Dark Souls 1 and 2 at this point, you know, playing it now. It's like, oh, this is really, really good. Do you think that um,
0: this Bluepoint remake... Is the refinement of that formula, or do they keep all the weird, wonky, junky stuff?
1: Gameplay wise, it's
0: exactly the same. So they kept all the nonsense?
1: Yes, they kept all the nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> the okay. Only thing is that it just, you know, graphically, it looks good. And they made a couple of balance changes to, like, you know, item weight and stuff like that, but it's the same thing.
0: Okay. All right. All right. Those are some good honorable mentions. Let's get into the meat of things, then.
1: The thing is, I'm not done with honorable mentions because, you know... (laughs) Because, you know, I still have to cut out two of the three. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I think... I will. My other honorable mentions will be FF Seven Remake and Thirteen Sentinels. Then wow. the others will make will, will make up my top three.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. I did not expect you to cut Thirteen Sentinels.
1: <laughs> it's it's with a heavy heart. It's with a heavy heart that okay. I have to make such a cut because you know.
0: What do you think it's about like, uh, FF7 Remake? Do you think that like, it le- it lived up to the expectations that everyone kind I feel of had? I feel, it,
1: I feel it's one of the few games that, like, as far as meeting hype, you know, it's very rare that a game, you know, meets the level of hype it's given. Mm-hmm. And I think FF7 Remake is the one that's clo- come closest to actually doing so.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, there's... Yeah three complaints which people vocalize about FF7 Remake, That's, oh, there's some weird textures. Two, oh, uh, there's padding and filler. And three, the ending is bad. Those are the only three main complaints. And the way the discourse around FF7 Remake and the way I feel about it as well is like, yeah, I kind of agree with all those issues, but it doesn't matter because the rest of the game was good. It
2: was very good. And yeah. that's
1: that's what it comes down to. Like at the end of the day, you can't just hate a game for like one thing. <laughs> you you rate the whole thing as an experience. And even though, yeah, these things were flaws which were noted, at the end of the day, the experience as a whole has been really good with ff7 remake for me and for most people that's why i say like hey this met the hype the amount of complaining is not even that bad you know every time a game doesn't meet the hype everyone is whining on the internet but it feels like hey f7 remake kind of you know it's not as bad the whining on the internet is nowhere near as bad as you know other highly hyped titles and the same applies for me the ending left me very bummed out i won't lie like, it's a really bold ending, and it messes, you know. I like Sephiroth a lot, and Sephiroth in FF7, the original game from 1997, is a different character from the way he's appeared in every piece of Final Fantasy material after that.
0: Really? So yeah. he's like, he's. Um... His Boba Fett, basically, like his mythos yeah. has
1: overtaken what he actually was. Exactly. As a Star Wars fan, you should know exactly what I what what how that feels.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, the one so... thing that I would say about remake is that I've noticed it's uh, it's done exactly what not exactly but it's done most of what final fantasy 7 did when it originally came out is make a lot of brand new people even new people to video games into fans of first of all rpgs and just games and i think that's pretty amazing and it's testament to the core of that video game that it's just it's just special you know it's the only Final Fantasy yeah, I haven't really. played. Okay, not the only. It's one of the only ones I haven't played. Somehow I, it skipped me, but I I feel its impact all the time. And Square Enix has been chasing that high ever since, and I think they've recaptured it. And now everyone's going to be trying to see uh, if they can do it again. Which is why I'm kind of worried for 16 because I think 16 is going to be the Final Fantasy 12 all over again. Yeah. You know. Where the it's like fire. it's the good one, right? Like it's objectively the best one. Like it's the most traditional good ass RPG, but it's not the one that the remake fans will like because it's too hardcore or whatever. I foresee that happening. Yeah.
1: Everything, everything has is there for Final Fantasy 16 to not sell well. Primarily, I'm saying this because hey, it's going to be, you know, exclusive to last gen to new gen consoles. And the new gen consoles aren't a big thing in Japan. They're a big thing everywhere else, but not in Japan. And then you've all you've got the fact that, oh, it's going with it's it's basically not a weeb game. FF seven is very much an is very much an anime game. So you know, you get anime fans <laughs> yes. liking it. And anime fans, you know, are very, you know, they're religious. They're very they, loud. They, they play
0: co- everything weeby. That's true.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're always talking about it, they're making memes about it they're not going to see memes about ff16 because it's like people who are going to like ff16 aren't going to make memes they're going to be writing essays about how <laughs> it's a brilliant piece of fiction you know i can see that happening you know the yeah. way it's happened to ff12 12. ff12 12 didn't sell anywhere near as well as ff10 ff10 was the weeb one ff12 yeah. FF wasn't yeah so you know it's something i worry about with ff16 yes but it's something when you go back to ff7 remake you can tell that hey lots of people really like this because it's a certain type of game and you know i really liked it too it yeah as i said sephiroth the his portrayal in this game bothered me you know how everywhere Sephiroth is portrayed as like being Cloud stalker. That's you know that's completely <laughs> out of character. Sephiroth, yeah, yeah, that,
0: even I know that. Isn't Cloud? Sephiroth. Isn't Cloud actually kind of stalking Sephiroth? Like from what I like, isn't yes. he like seeking it, him?
1: Cloud is the one who's supposed to be obsessed. It's not the other way around. Yeah. So, you know, even when you watch, like, that Smash Brothers trailer, you see, oh, Sephiroth, you know, everyone is saying, oh, Sephiroth has followed Cloud to Smash. It's like, it's not supposed to be this way, but <laughs> it feels like even the creators can't seem to get that right. Yeah. So, yeah, even though that's something which, which I will always complain about and it will always bother me, they actually nailed the other characters. It was my fear because similarly cloud has never been portrayed right they've never done him right in any other material but the original game but the remake has you know has done him properly mm-hmm. you know cloud's not an email he's never been an emo. yeah but all material after the original game portrays him as that and if you cloud's actually a dork he's uh, he's a guy who's pretending who's like who's trying to be cool yeah so he does stuff tries to make him look cool and that's one thing the remake has named. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I like that. And also I feel like-, like that's very relatable, which is why um, a lot of fans like this game and like Cloud again. Because like for, for a while there, Cloud was in the same space that Reaper in Overwatch is. I don't know if you were like that Edgelord thingy. But then now that his true character has come back again, uh, he's endearing. You know, you're seeing a lot of fun out of Cloud, which is...
1: Yeah, exactly. That's that, that's the thing. Because, yes, apart from Sephiroth, FF7 Remake really, really nails the characters. It gets the characters so right. I haven't seen Final Fantasy Seven material get the characters this right in ages. And in general, as far as FF games go, it, the characters are really strong in FF7 Remake. Yeah. It's... I think that's probably the most endearing the 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 fact the thing which will carry on with people the most for ff7 remake you know eris yeah. tifa barrett all of them are like really they're much better done compared you know compared to their counterparts in the original game and uh, i think it's really one more cool. question
0: uh, is the story still the fact that they are basically anti corporate, antifa or has that changed
1: yes there's still eco terrorists okay. who we are trying to destroy a company that's trying that is polluting the planet yes ff7 has a message it always has had one don't let it what anyone on the internet tells you say otherwise
0: <laughs> fantastic i will look forward to playing it then
1: <laughs> yeah. all right so yeah ff7 barely You know, in my top five, not in my top three, just barely 13 Sentinels. I've talked enough about 13 Sentinels already. Mm
0: -hmm. Do play that game. Mm. I've got one more question. I've seen this whole discourse. I think it happened like two days ago of 13 Sentinels is not a visual novel. What's your take on (laughs) on that?
1: Well, look, the thing is, it's not a visual novel in the traditional sense. It's more like an adventure game. By adventure, you know what I mean by adventure. Yeah, yeah you know that type of adventure game where you just you know you're mostly just walking and talking to characters and stuff. Mm. Mm. Okay. That's in a side scrolling format.
0: In a side scrolling format, yeah. So it's kind of like uh, Night in the Woods sort of. But with more like puzzles and stuff or something, I guess.
1: Well, the thing is, barely even has puzzles. It's got like, you know, it's got decision trees. But they're not really like Long term decisions There's always like A fixed goal Where everything goes So it's more like Oh You replay this to just maybe Just get a bit more context Get a bit more information And then eventually It all just leads To the same place Okay So it very much is like Night in the Woods Alright cool oh, Very very cool So you know I, If you wanted to say It's a visual novel I guess But you know I I, If you also don't want to say it I also you would be like Okay yeah fine It's not a visual novel sure
0: <laughs> sure is the way to go with that one alright those are those are good uh, good honorable. good honorable mentions I guess I'll go I've played like 3-4 games that came out this year I was doing a lot of catching up I played all the games that came out the previous year um, I guess I would cheat and put Death Stranding because I played Death Stranding early this year it came out on PC this year I didn't play it on PC I played it on Playstation but man what a What a game, man. What a, geez. Oof. Like, just the game on its own, the message. Like, I played it at the right time. Like, when the game came out, right, Um, it was talking about things that seemed so far-fetched. And then you're playing it after the pandemic hits, and you're like, this is literally what we're going through right now. Like, the messages, the emails that you're receiving, mimicking Texts such as seeing people post on Twitter of what it's like being in lockdown and the future of humanity after this, etc. And the longing for connection and and like what physical contact means, be it with family or friends or work, you know, what defines you as a person? Is it your work? Is it is it your family? How to reconcile with you? Man, like Gabe has so much to say. It's, it's just, it's brilliant. It's, and, and the gameplay, I got so addicted to it. And Kojima being Kojima has an allegory to the fact that people might even be addicted to to just delivering packages that there is, that is addressed in the game. It's just mind-boggling how good that video game is, man. I, I think about it all the time. The music is amazing. The graphics are amazing. The characters are really good. The writing is actually very good. I think it's one of Kojima's best written stuff, uh, and you know that's
1: I like, agree with you on that, but okay. I,
0: I think it is. I think his characters are really good. It's obviously like got the whole melodrama, heavy expository stuff. Like that's just powerful. Of course, when it comes to Kojima, but like I, I think it's one of his easiest to swallow. I don't know. Maybe I'm just I've been playing too many of his games that I just get it from now but yeah I, I, I loved it man it was really good if you have a chance to play it on PC which it's really well optimized it plays on like low end PCs quite well um, which is surprising because Horizon Zero Dawn plays like crap and it's their engine so like what happened there anyway yeah so I guess I'll be-
1: studio. Studio. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh it wasn't she's um, Uh, what's Horizon I don't think it was in-house it wasn't in-house okay that makes sense then because that would be like how yeah so I'd say um, Death Stranding would be an honorable mention I'd also have um, Among Us as an honorable mention I did play a bunch of Among Us I played not as much as most people I've played less than two three hours of that game Uh, it was I think Really poignant that it it made a resurgence. Now you know, I guess, bringing people together and all that stuff. That was really cool. Um, like uh, and basically showing how important indie gaming is to to gaming as a whole, and how uh, you know online games, mobile games are important. Uh, I think it's. I think it's testament to the fact that he won so many awards, is making so much money. I think they're like four man, three man team. That's really, really amazing. Mm. Three man. Wow. That's mm, <laughs> mm, mm. that's crazy. Okay. So I'm very happy for them. Uh, I'm looking forward to what they make next. I hope it's good. I'm very sure it's gonna get a lot of press. I hope that doesn't like crush them. Uh, yeah. That was really. I guess those would be my honorable mentions. They're the other games I played a bunch, uh, and they are my top three. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, by 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 virtue of being the only three you played. How, you however,
0: also- however, they are very good games, though. I, I would say if I had access, because um, I never played Animal Crossing: New Horizons, I think if I had access to Animal Crossing: New Horizons, Half Life, Alex. And um, hmm, I think those are the only two. If I had access to those two, I think they might have broken into my top three. But other than that, I think that's pretty much it. Because like I'm a big Half-Life fan. So uh, once I do manage to get an, in, an index, which is a $1,000 peripheral so yeah mm-hmm. Um. was say $1,060 then I'll be able to play Half-Life Alex. uh, very highly rated and I hear the ending is bonkers I still haven't been spoiled so that's great and Animal Crossing I watched so many hours of Animal Crossing I feel like I played it uh, I love <laughs> that game, game man I love that game like even just watching it just my goodness like I know it's super my kind of game like oh god it's it refined the, the formula. People were like, "Oh, why are they adding crafting? It's gonna make it weird or whatever." And this is coming from someone who's never played Animal Crossing, right? I just I'm a fan of that vibe, I guess. <laughs> it's a life sim, it's I suppose. Yeah, like uh, it just man, it, it's it, it, it's so cozy, you know. But I've seen people play it like super hardcore. But like it, it's a cozy game that looks super fun that I know I'll I'll be super into so I guess yeah those would be my honorable mentions for uh, the year if
1: if you played them they'd have made it in
0: I'm very sure Animal Crossing might have made might have been my game of the year maybe I don't know there's another game I played which is just instant classic (laughs) but yeah that, that would have definitely broken in
1: yeah I made that's one thing I made sure I made sure that hey if this is likely to make it in, let me play it. So
0: yeah. Yeah. For sure. Okay, okay so what is your third game?
1: In my top three, I am going with and this is a, this is a problem. I can't rank these three games.
0: <laughs> do it, do it.
1: Because okay, look, I can I can tell you my number one, but <laughs> okay, this is hard. How do I pick between two and three? here Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Okay. I think for now, this is probably subject to change depending on my mood. For now, I will say Persona Five Royal for number three. For now, mm-hmm. you know like I think Persona 5 Royal was it was like going into 2020 I was pretty much expecting this would be my number one game Mm. of the year and while it hasn't disappointed it's just that the other stuff I've played has like spoken to me, has spoken to a different to another part of my gaming sensibilities so but you know those aside P5 are, it's, you know, it's everything I wanted. I feel like, it it feels like right now, if if you tell somebody, hey, you want to play a JRPG, there are only two games you can recommend. First one is Dragon Quest XI, a game I haven't played, but I hear is basically, it's basically just the most traditional but modern JRPG you play mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think the other one is P5R because it's it's what can, what can I say it's it's a classic basically it's like it's the refinement it's the ultimate form of the persona formula I feel like Persona 6 is going to have to be a completely a complete like revamp of where they are. I think this is as far as they can take this formula. They have it's refined to a T right now. They've brought in, you know, lots of quality of life changes, lots of things to make to make to make it convenient. uh lots, you know, you know how everyone says I hate turn-based RPGs because they're slow,
0: right? Yeah,
1: yeah. P5R is like probably the one of the faster turn-based RPGs. The way the UI is designed, yeah. it's designed in such a way so that you know, everything is just quickly and easily accessible. It's it's just... It's made easy to play in such a way that it's, like, super addictive. Just drain hours. It's got, you know, the Pokemon thing of, you know, growing monsters and fusing them. There's no fusion in Pokemon, but yeah. (laughs) Just that idea of, oh, I'm I'm making my own team of mini monsters and stuff like that. It's got that function. It's got the social sim functions. You know, it's, like, meant to be so addictive. And you just drain so many hours in it and then you know that's not even going into the fact that hey it's you know the story is good it's got memorable nice characters and all that stuff it's it's got a love you know lovable cast uh, interesting plot ideas you know just as an all-round package it's like one of the strongest i can think of in the genre like there's barely anything wrong with it right now royal is basically hey we're going to fix whatever problems you might have had with with uh, just normal p5 the main problem people had with p5 was that hey uh, there'd be a lot of interruption from you know your talking cat used to interrupt (laughs) you and tell you to go to bed all the time now that doesn't happen anymore so now you've got like more time to do more stuff they've added more activities so that you get to know the cast better it's like everything was done to just like enhance enhance what was already a very good game just just said hey we're going to make this game better like oh we're going to make this game better and then and then they add actual new stuff on top of that. And that actual new stuff is, you know, that stuff is really good. I think it's probably the best written Persona content, like, apart from maybe the tra- the traditional games. I think, generally speaking, it's... The, I, of, of the modern Persona stuff, it's the best written. I think it's I can say person. that. Okay,
0: wow, okay. Like...
1: <laughs> um, it goes for a different style of story, you know. Uh, P... You know, uh, when I said P5 is the combination of the Persona formula, means it in multiple ways. So, another thing with P5 is that it's a grand game. If, I, if you know what I mean.
0: As in, like, the scope of it?
1: The scale. The scale of P5 is very grand. So, like... Everything that happens, you know, by the end, the way the presentation of, like, the final, you know, the final arc, the, your final enemy, it's made to be very grand, very oh, It grand. feels like a season and, finale. Yeah, very over the top, you know. P3 and P4, yeah, you have world-ending threats in both of those games, sure, just like in P5 but the manner it's presented in p5 is like supposed to be like this is world ending but like everyone is involved and it's it's like just all around the scale of it is supposed to be like hey this is this is big this is super massive as far as the series goes so for them to do what they did in p5r is, it's still massive, but, you know, they made it more personal, personal stakes. You see, a fault of P5, because of how big everything was, it felt a bit impersonal. P5R does it the opposite. The story is very much, you know, like, oh, your villain is somebody you know. is somebody who they built up through the entire game much better than they did in in the base game so it's like oh you know in, in Persona you've got a you usually have a silent protagonist. Huh? Mm-hmm. but what you know if anything P5R really draws what's this Hammers home that even though your protagonist in Persona is silent they are actually a character they are their own character it's always been like that these day you can definitely tell that hey these guys have got their own personalities. Yeah. But it's hard you know, you have to kinda look for it. P five R really hammers that hope because it's like, wow, this is definitely a story about him. You know, everything here, this is this is it, the characters and the themes it fits it's about your silent protagonist even though it's silent and I hope they get rid of the silent protagonist now that they've really hammered this point home but yeah you know it feels more personal Uh, more impactful that way you know I'm always I've always been more of a fan of character driven than plot driven stories that's myself Mm -hmm. I prefer good I prefer you know characters which I care about more than a big overarching plot. You've got to do a lot for your plot to make me care for... You've got to do a lot with your plot for me to care about it more than your characters. Very few games which do that. And, uh, you know, like I said, P5R oh, does it. Much more personal story. Mm, different tone in the games. It's, it's got to like a more bittersweet tone if I can say that because like uh, the base P5 it has a bit of a hopeful ending like oh yeah we're going our separate ways but we'll always meet you know how our anime ends <laughs> anime where school friends go apart Ends like mm-hmm. oh yeah we're going our separate fra- ways but we'll always be friends and stuff like that and you know P4 ended like that as well P5R is more like yeah we're going our separate ways but you know we're really really going our separate ways the chances of us meeting aren't as high as before you know things things having you know the character motivations changed basically like each of your cast members in p5 there wasn't much direction at the end as to where they're going to go in p5r it's hammered home that okay yeah these guys are really going their separate ways so you know it it hits different it's, <laughs> it's, it's 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 nice it's nice to see that it, 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 after you know after the original game it's nice to see the it's, it's a change of tone and you see the character in a different way because p5 is a game that's got like oh the themes are dark but everything else is kind of life yeah mm-hmm the themes are dark but the presentation is light-hearted so then you know with with this new scenario it's like okay it's kind of you know the things aren't dark but they're not light-hearted i'll mm. say that you know mm. the, the character endings are not light-hearted so you know it's nice that i, I played what p5 three years ago so despite that The way the new scenario and new content is presented, it still feels fresh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just all around as a package, it's like, wow, it's a really strong game. It's building on top of one of my favorite games ever and just making it better. And, you know, that's how P5R, that's how it's my number three right now. You know, it could be my number two, depending on my move, but yes.
0: no well well said well said i know the game is really highly rated by critics and fans everywhere it's definitely an instant classic highest rated game this year um on the aggregate
1: by oh, critics yeah don't by believe critics. it or not
0: yeah so i mean yeah it's one that will stand the test of time i'm um, i'm um, curious what uh, the Persona team are going to do next. The only game I played by them was uh, Catherine, which I love. I love that game. Absolutely it's different playing it as an quote-unquote adult. I played it on release. I think I was 19 or 20 years old when it came out. So my perspective was very different. At the time I was just like, ooh, a sexy video game. And then now playing it again, you're like, woof. Everything hits super close to home. Yeah. <laughs> like super yeah, close yeah. to home.
1: <laughs> Everything I can say about Catherine is that it's a game which I really want more more of my friends to yes, play. Yes, a
0: lot of young men need to play Catherine and like and play it me, honestly, me, you know? Like don't play it. Like
1: I, I don't know how I can convince people to play it, but you know. I definitely think more young men need to play Catherine and then, you know, think about think about their choices afterwards yes
0: i don't even think they'll feel, like to force them to think about their choices they like oh okay so this is uh life huh <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. but, but yes uh, catherine is one of persona team's weird uh weird games there they're actually making a fantasy rpg next
0: okay i mean isn't persona oh, i was in fantasy like elves and shit
1: Yes, like actual fantasy
0: okay huh
1: that's it's more I, like there's two teams now
0: I, I don't know if I want them to do that I, I like that they make modern day
1: yeah uh, look uh, this is what I mean like uh, the team which ro- which did the which did royal uh-huh. is probably going to do persona six okay but the team which did personas three to five, is doing the fantasy game.
0: Okay, and that's a, why you know a change of face is fine. They've been doing this high school kids thing for a long time. Let them try and do something different. This is this is fine. They earned it. <laughs>
1: that's why you know with Royal, I'm like, oh, the team which has handled Royal is fine. So I've got faith that the rest of the Persona, that Persona Six will be okay as well. But like, uh, yeah, the core members of that team are making a fantasy RPG, which they've been said to have been making forever. But yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I was gonna say, How was Atlas not been bought? And I realized they're Sega. How is Sega yeah, still mean. alive? Jesus, anyway, yeah, they're doing fine, man. They're I know Sega they are great. doing fine, they are like Football Manager is selling more than it ever has. The, the I think Total War is under Sega. I think, am I wrong? Yeah, they, that's Sega, doing Sega really
1: Europe, well. look. basically think of it like this Sega Europe is doing fantastic. Sega Japan, apart from Atlas, is not doing too hot.
0: <laughs> Unfortunately. But yeah. Unfortunate. Okay, that's a good third yeah, that, pick.
1: That's the state.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good third pick. My third pick will come as no surprise <laughs> to anybody who's, who's who knows me. It is Cyberpunk 2077 PC version. So. <laughs>
1: this is our chance let's talk about your new pc <laughs> we're going to come to this sooner or later.
0: <laughs> we were i guess we were so i i've, I've wanted to build a pc for myself in a, for a very long time i've always played on like okay not always i, I had like pcs at home and stuff because my uncles were gamers um so i'm mostly been playing on laptop but the thing with laptops is you can't upgrade them. And then to get one that works, because I use it for work as well, uh, I'm spending like 15 grand every five years, basically, which is a lot of money uh, to upgrade. And I got to the point where I had to upgrade my laptop again. And I was like, Ish, I can't, not in this economy, baby. <laughs> not in this economy. So yeah, I, I saved up to get a PC and then I called my friend Hardus and uh, yeah, our IT web guy from Nodotaku, I called him one time, I'm like, bro, I found a PC I want to buy. This is what's needed. Uh, can you give me advice on this and that and this and that? Because he's like a PC building specialist. And he was like, don't buy a PC, Dennis. And I'm like, what, what? What have I done
1: wrong? And then
0: like five minutes later, he calls back and says, okay i called everyone involved and uh, i guess we have to break it to you that we've secretly been building a pc for you and i was like what that's amazing yeah so like my close friends basically like as a birthday gift for this year which was in december they were, you know they put money together and all that stuff to basically build me a pc and with some of the money that i had co- collected for myself i just i guess added some of that to i guess speed up the process because of covid things got more expensive and like bringing stuff in was yeah, a hassle this,
1: here's the thing this was actually supposed to be done much earlier <laughs> <laughs> like i had heard about this like a long time ago <laughs> so it's like <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah so it's so yeah i finally got the the pc that i I wanted it runs great uh the the, i guess the biggest upgrade i can see is the nvme ssd that thing is it's literally next gen like it's like (laughs) booting a pc in literal like four or five seconds is crazy man like video games are not loading like even cyberpunk is like four second five second load time it's crazy it's really really fast
1: another thing with SSDs once you go SSD you don't go back
0: you really can't go back to be honest like woof because I had an SSD on my laptop and it was very fast but NVMe is ooh man it's even faster that's crazy so yeah so yeah l- lucky enough the tell PC tell us about
1: the other spec what, oh. what, what else is it packing
0: uh, it's 16 GB RAM like i think it's standard now especially for gaming and like autocad right now um i've got a ryzen crap what ryzen is this i know it's ryzen 5 is it 2300 or something i don't know it's uh i know it's of the last gen it was the, the good one of the last gen before these new ones came out
1: i mean, should be ryzen 3 20, yeah. 2300
0: uh, so, it's Ryzen 5 2600, actually. Ryzen 5
2: 2600.
0: Uh-huh, okay. Yeah. Um, 16 GB RAM and a 1060 um, video card. Uh, Which is pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. I mean, I'm writing in Cyberpunk, so... <laughs> so that's that,
1: that's that says enough. That's just enough,
0: yeah. So, yeah. So, I guess... Um, I mean, we all know that Cyberpunk is mess on consoles it's also got bugs i'm running into bugs on pc as well but not as as game breaking as i've noticed other people are getting and i think i'm like 40 50-ish hours into cyberpunk and it's very very good has it met my expectations absolutely not my expectations were over the roof uh, i expected um,
1: you expected A, Deus Ex.
0: I expected Deus Ex. And unfortunately you are right, it is not Deus Ex. It is not GTA either, it's Fallout. Isn't that crazy? Funk is Fallout. Like, I, realized I don't know if that. I should be
1: happy or sad about that.
0: <laughs> like, Once I came to the realization, because I started playing it like it was Deus Ex, and then things were not working, I'm like, this isn't working out. And then, as I kept on doing the mission design and going around stuff, I was like, "This is this is Fallout." And I was like, "Okay, if for a Fallout game, it's one of the better ones. It's one of the better Fallout video games. Um, it's Fallout with some GTA stuff in it. The GTA stuff I feel is not necessary. Like the cop system is complete rubbish. Like I can rack up three cops chasing me once you go to a story NPC. The cops stop." Chasing you, or you turn three corners, the cops don't see you. So like that stuff just kind of doesn't make sense. The car, the car AI is bad, rubbish, to non-existent. <laughs> to be honest, uh, so <laughs> that open world car stuff, and it's and that's the, you know what that's the worst part of the game. The car stuff is the worst part of the game. Every time you enter a new area, a fixer, the guy who gives you missions in that area, uh, l- let's say it's The Witcher Three, when you enter i forget the names but when you enter that bloody baron a- area imagine if the bloody baron sent you give you a call and was like hey i'm the bloody baron i'll give you the side quest in this area but also here's a new horse you can come buy it every fixer in each new area gives you that call when you enter it for the first time the fixer will call like hey i'm the fixer here i hear your v i hear you're a badass i've got missions for you but also here's a car if you can come by it and i'm like i don't care about your cars If I could mod out the cars, I would do it. (laughs) I would absolutely do it. So for me, that is the worst part of the game, the car stuff. If you remove the car stuff, the game gets a whole lot better. A whole lot better. The characters are actually very complex. Uh, That's the one thing I think they kept from The Witcher 3, where you're assuming a mission will go a certain way because this is a mission giver. So because the mission giver has has given me the quest I should see it through to the end by the time you're halfway through the mission you're like I uh, I took a mission from the bad guy and you have to make a choice because you're a mercenary in in cyberpunk you're not a good guy you're just a dude so there's no good or
1: bad Damn, that sounds very much like the witcher
0: yes so you're like well I can either just complete this quest the way this thing is telling me to work and just straight up just shoot this dude right now and that brings a whole different thing sometimes the the dude who you're supposed to go kill will be like hey man what if I doubled the pay or what if I gave you dirt on the guy who gave you the mission and then that deals into another side quest so that stuff I love that is I, I, I wanted the game that's what I wanted from the guys who made The Witcher 3 uh in cyberpunk i really really wanted that um the the thing that i like the most as well is um okay so i wanted it's cyberpunk right it's inherently political it's punk it is anti-corporate anti-capital that's what cyberpunk is like there's no cyberpunk that is not that uh it, be it goes in the shell be it the matrix you may think oh the matrix didn't have any political like dude, like they polluted the world so bad to cover the sun because like it's come on
1: so it's hella political it's hella
0: (laughs) cyberpunk doesn't really have anything to say like it's it's just really it's it's a set dressing it's just cool it's like hey what about mechs and cars that are modded and like you know net running and it's like okay but why why are we not running
1: hacker man
0: yeah hacker man it's basically hacker man like isn't hacker man cool also sex there's lots of sex in this game i this is not a game like i'm pretty like i'm not a prude and my family are not prudes but i cannot play this game in front of my family at all (laughs) like at all Like, zero chance I would do that. Not because of the sex scenes, but just there's dudos everywhere. The ads are all sex. There's... It's just... Everything just is sex. Like, that game. Everything. So... I mean, I get it. Um, Hypersexualization is the end goal of corporatism, right? Um, So... uh, I get it, but I feel like they really, really went overboard. I think there's other stuff that uh corporatism can do like brands but then i think they didn't really uh foresee that maybe when they were making it then like i I would have maybe had like an influencer-esque side quest or seen that in the ads but that stuff isn't there because i can definitely see that in the cyberpunk future but um that's not there anyway um there is some hints of cyberpunk themes in there there's one quest this is really early on uh with a with a a a i guess the version of uber right uh it's automated Uh and uh there's quests around that ai that questions what it is to be an AI and what it is to be I like, sentient I, I like stuff like that yes man so, you,
1: you really need to play near Automata but yeah <laughs> go on
0: <laughs> so like that quest I feel is the most cyberpunk of all the quests I've played it really delves into like like it asks you questions and it doesn't answer them either it doesn't and I like that I like that it doesn't really answer them you come to your own conclusions and, and that character... Yeah,
1: very much like The Witcher 3.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that character, I would say, is my favorite character in Cyberpunk so far. The character is called Delamin, the same uber AI thing. That's my favorite character in all of Cyberpunk. <laughs> very weird that it's an AI, but yes, that is my favorite character in that game. I wish most of the game was that. Uh, v is an interesting character, uh, but without a doubt, the very best part of Cyberpunk is Johnny Silverhand's Keanu Reeves' performance as Johnny Silverhand is impeccable. I think it is his best performance in anything ever. He is so good as Johnny Silverhand. It is perfect casting. Like People were like, oh, how can they cast Keanu as a douchebag? And I'm like, it's perfect. Because Keanu is the nicest man. But then he sells this douchebag so well. And you're like, man, I hate Johnny Silverhand. But I also like him because he's just performed so well like i get it right like he's just this anti-capitalist unhinged rocker boy guy you know like like you know like the meme what basically, what people think I am on Twitter like, oh, this guy just like, if there's anything with capitalism, this guy hates it. Like, that's what Johnny Sylvain is, but like, taken to like the 20th extreme, like, he just hates everything. Corporatism he's, he's a terrorist, <laughs> right? And and uh, and an edgelord,
1: meme he's, lord, he's, he's liberal scum.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely that. Like, he and uh, he, man, he brings a lot of gravitas to the whole game because he's in everything. He's like not a side character. He's honestly, he's the main character of the game. Like <laughs> he is. Like it's not V. It's it's Johnny Silverhand. So if you like Keanu Reeves, absolutely uh, play this game on PS5 or Xbox Series X or PC uh, because man, it is it is actually very good. It's it's a really really good game. Is it better than the Witcher Three? No. Uh, Is it better than Deus Ex Mankind Divided? No, but it's, it's fascinating. It's, and it's, I've, I've seen the game on a 2060 Super, uh, sorry, 2080 Super, and with Ray Tracing on, on Ultra, I've seen it on Ultra, and it's the best looking game I've ever seen, without a doubt. There's no game that looks better than Cyberpunk on like out nothing like the ray tracing is fantastic. There's so many moments where you're just walking around and you're like, you just stand in awe because you're like, how are they doing this? This is how is this real time? <laughs> it, it looks so good. So, yeah, Cyberpunk is my uh, number three for the year.
1: Yeah, I, there's something interesting, you know, Keanu Reeves. Whenever I hear like in my head, whenever I hear Keanu Reeves talk, I Yeah, he's got a very distinct voice. Mm -hmm. You know, the whoa type of voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like the dude guy. Yes. (laughs) It it feels very fitting that oh him playing uh, that exact type of you know, they're playing into what how his voice sounds like. Yes, very much (laughs) the type of character Johnny Silverhand is. So it's like, hey, you know, as you said, it's perfect casting. You know, I can see why. It's right. I'm I'm definitely... you know Me and Cyberpunk, I'll give it a chance when a native next-gen version comes out.
0: Yeah, I've got a a feeling that's going to be very highly rated when it comes out, because it's going to have all the ray tracing stuff. So oof. You
1: know, in as much as, you know, Cyberpunk was like, hey, maybe this could make my list. And I'd force myself to play it. I just said, okay, no, you know what, it's all right. And you know, it it is what it is. I'm (laughs) looking forward to the fixed cyberpunk. I'll say I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how it is when it's fixed. Me too. Next year.
0: Me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my number three. What what is what is your number two, Mr. Robin?
1: Number two. Because you know, because I've already picked my number three, picking my number two is way easier. Uh, DMC5SC Don't Make Cry Five Special Edition. Okay. Easy, easy pick. Easy pick. Yeah, Don't Make Cry Five. Yeah, Don't Make Cry Five was my favorite game last year. Mm. Mm. Like it just narrowly beat Sekiro for my Game of the Year last year. You know, last year had. You know, the top entries last year for me were really strong, but then you know it sort of whittled their way towards the end.
2: Yeah,
1: I agree. So, Devil May Cry 5 and Sekiro they embodied that you know like man these these are so good, and then you know Devil May Cry 5 SC much like Persona 5 Royal is Devil May Cry 5 but better. So you know it's not just about but you know when you do a re-release like that and i say it's just that but better there has to be something new there something substantial enough for me to justify that mm. and then you know that's the dlc which you know you can get that on the ps4 version as well uh, virgil the dante's brother playable once again he was playable in devil may cry 4 special edition and devil may cry 3 special editions He's he's what you add when you want to do a special edition. (laughs) You you don't put him in the base game. Just you make him a special edition thing. Uh And, you know, he's never felt better to play, you know? They do slight adjustments to his moveset. They've given him some new things, made him easier to understand. That's a key thing in Devil May Cry 5. Devil May Cry 5 is still very obtuse with a lot of its mechanics. But it's easier than Devil May Cry 4. That's for sure. Mm. And, you know, that philosophy carries over in Virgil. Virgil, he feels feels kind of easy to handle. Like, I know what I'm doing, you know. An important thing in in an action game is always, like, I should, when I'm playing it, I should feel like I know what I'm doing.
0: Yeah. So, like... And uh...
1: that's how it is.
0: Do they change the 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 like the story when you start no, playing? As... that's the thing.
1: In a special edition, your the campaign is exactly the same. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's just kind of like a skin skin change, and I guess moveset change.
1: Yeah. Now you see in a game like Devil May Cry the moveset changes. You it's know. the whole game. Yeah, the whole, whole game. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole game because your whole game is your moveset. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, they do that. They add new stuff. He's still extremely technical. He's, Virgil is, you know, he's a samurai. Honorable. He's not honorable. He's a douchebag. Like, you know, he you fights with a samurai sword and all that stuff. He's supposed to be cool. So, <laughs> you know, that reflects in the play style you have. Mm-hmm. When you play Virgil, you you have to walk slow. You have to, you know, you don't run around. You don't jump around. If you do that stuff, it gets weaker. If you walk while fighting, if you if you don't miss your moves, if you perfectly time your dodges, it gets stronger. So it's like, oh, the game design is done in such a way that you have to play in a way that is like Virgil. That's actually really really cool. Hmm. So, you know, that sort of stuff where they where they're pushing you in a direction. This is something, you know, it's always it's also controversial. People don't don't like to be told how to play. That's part of the reason why people don't like Doom Eternal, because Doom Eternal is telling you how it wants you to play. It. It's that type of game. And so you know, DMC five with Virgil, Virgil is doing the same. It's pushing you in this direction. But when you have, you know, that sort of thing where your gameplay and your themes are kind of matching up, it's always really cool. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. And given that DM, the other characters of DMC5 were the opposite. You had go, you know, Dante, you're always, you're being crazy, the wacky, wacky pizza man. So... <laughs> so that contrast is part of what makes 5 Special Edition feel fresh. It's like, oh, I'm playing this in a way I didn't know I could. I never used to play, the even though it's the same maps, I never used to play them like this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, Virgil is fun in that way. Then, you know, they, there's some new additions. They changed his final boss fight. You know, I love boss fights in games. So, just that small change is enough for me to be, like, really hyped up. It, it's, it's just a fun time. It's a fun type it's really hard to put in words why something like that is good apart from just saying hey it's fun it,
0: it's fun and it feels good to play
1: yeah that's that's the, that's the thing with something like ver- with, with something like virtue. it's like hey this is just super fun the stuff i'm doing you know, if if i was to end up going into details it would look like me trying to bash cinematic games which i don't do i like everything. yeah mm, i i like everything i don't i don't prescribe to you know that notion that oh this type of game good this other type bad no, i i don't think like that yeah but you know if i was to start giving a lot of my praise about games 5 se it would look like that because <laughs> Part of why I like Devil May Cry is because it never takes away your control, your player agency. You are always in control of whatever you do. So, whatever this cool stuff is, it's not in cutscenes, it's you who's doing it. Mm. And Devil May Cry, more than any other action game, makes you feel in control of all the cool stuff you're doing. Mm-hmm. No, I I, I get so, that. I get that. And you know, Virgil, him being a technical character, you, you can really feel that. Like you know, he's got stuff that requires perfect timing, and all sorts of cool stuff like that. And then it's like, hey, I did that. I'm doing all this cool stuff. Not not the game. The game's not making it easy for me. It's all me. This is my reward. I'm being rewarded for being for playing this particular way and for looking cool. And you know, it's just a very satisfying experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean I I, well, that's, I, I wish I liked character action games. I, I, I don't really, but I, I I totally get the appeal. And I know the new Devil May Cry is one of the, the high points in that.
2: Uh,
0: I, I want to eventually try out Bayonetta. I hear yeah, that's, a, that's a good one. What are your thoughts on BM? Do you like
1: Bayonetta? I do. I like Bayonetta. I, like, I actually yeah. think Platinum, no, apart from Vanquish, Platinum have not made a game better than Bayonetta despite all their games being formatted like Bayonetta. <laughs> I don't think they've made a single game better than Bayonetta. They're, all their games are Bayonetta rip-offs. Which is fine, because Benita is, is fire. It's great. And it does, you know, it does something, it does a lot of things which they're, you know, what Platinum are trying to do, Platinum are trying to bridge the gap between the cinematic action game and the, and the character action game, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they put in lots of weird stuff, you know, they put in mini games, they put in epic moments, big grandiose things. Mm -hmm. That's what uh, Bayonetta brings to the table. And, you know, your mileage will vary with that sort of thing. With how how the balance is done between sacrificing player agency and undermining your own combat system with uh, with mixing in these elements to add gameplay variety. I feel like, you know, Devil May Cry does not care about variety. It is trying to do what it is doing. It's like, hey, going to be the most combat-focused action game. So I don't care about level design. I don't care about anything. I'm just going to be action. That's Devil May Cry. Bayonetta tries to mix it up bayonetta 2 is accepted to go to lean a bit too far in the cinematic direction bayonetta 1 is generally considered to not to not be that way so you know but all around I do like Bayonetta. as I said I don't prescribe to that thing like oh action game cinematic good non-cinematic bad I'm not uh, I'm not I, I'm not that two-dimensional but I like bayonetta I think Bayonetta 2 is a good starting point for people who want to get into character action games. Bayonetta 2. It's got Yes. It's got less BS than Bayonetta 1. If the BS in Bayonetta 2 is that, you know, it kind of falls apart in the harder difficulties. It's badly balanced, but like your first here's how I say your first playthrough of Bayonetta 2 you may think it is the best action game of all time. Okay. But that is only if you play Bayonetta 2 once. And character action games, you never play character action games once if you are a fan of the genre. So that's why lots of people like Bayonetta 2 because they just play it once and say it's the best thing ever. Because your first playthrough of Bayonetta 2 is fantastic. But on harder difficulties, it falls apart. Whereas Bayonetta 1, which is extremely frustrating, which can be, very frustrating on your first playthrough, shines the more you play it. It's very much like Devil May Cry in that respect. It gets better the more you play it. That's which is the opposite of Bayonetta 2. So, you know, that's why I say if you want to, you know, just play one to get into the genre, Bayonetta 2 is very much a good place to start.
0: Okay. Uh, advice taken. So, Bayonetta, or oh, what about DMC? Like, do you, is the continuity important to play? with the, the Devil May Cry games, can they just jump into 5?
1: This is a really annoying thing because DMC 5 is the most accessible DMC has been. It's still obtuse, yes, but it is easily the most accessible DMC has been. It's easy mode is actually, it's normal mode is actually really easy. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's really accommodating. It's only becomes a bit difficult afterwards. So I got a really accommodating normal mode. it does try to do a bit of you know stuff to accommodate newer players like uh, mm, a bit more cinematic cutscene direction, if I can say that.
2: Mm.
1: The cutscenes are not as overtly Japanese. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah.
1: like, you know. DMC5, I would say yes, it's the most accommodating Devil May Cry game, but the story in DMC5 is literally just, it's meant to be an end of an arc. The story is nothing but callbacks and finishing of plot threads from the older games, so I can't recommend it on that front unless you're really going to get into the mechanics. Mm. DMC5's story is good because you've played the other games. You okay. know it, it's it's in a weird place
0: so people can jump straight into five
1: then yeah I, I always i always recommend three to be your starting point just a three is hard it is an actually hard game but it is like the perfect devil kind may of starting point.
0: that's that's a, it's a good pick it's a good pick i like how different the games that we uh, have been listed so far are <laughs> i always like that i like that there should be so- something for everyone someone can be like "Hmm, i didn't like those other games but that one so yeah yeah okay so, so yeah, fair enough so i guess i'll, Your I'll second i'll pick, pick my second one which, I guess when I say it, my number one is going to become extremely obvious. <laughs> uh, so my second pick is one that absolutely surpassed my expectations. Like, I I didn't think this game would be as good as it is. And I think it is top of the class in its little subgenre. Uh, and I think everyone who likes action story-based games needs to play it, and that is The Last of Us Part Two. Um, like.
1: Yes, something we both played. Finally,
0: <laughs> this game, man, like I don't even know where to start. I didn't think the sequel, like I've mentioned before, if you, like listen to the pod, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast. I didn't think the sequel needed to exist. I think Last of Us Part One has a perfect ending of most narratives I've seen that ending is perfect and elevates the game because of like the ending elevates the game so much. So when the two was announced, I was like, I don't know, sure, money I guess, you know. Uh but geez, they really went for it. Hey, they really, really went for it this time. They they doubled down on their themes, the characters were the characters were have f- stole the show. The gameplay improved dramatically. Like, dramatically the gameplay improved. Last of Us Part 1. I don't know, maybe it's because I played it on PS3 and it had, like, that 30 to 24 FPS thingy, so it felt tight, you know? <laughs> it felt tense. Uh, Part 2 also is 30 FPS, but I don't know. Like, it's... it's there's more accessibility options. Like, you can tweak your aim assist... Uh, the color stuff uh, you know the sliding you know there's that uh, gif that uh, Sunhi Legends posted where everyone was like what this isn't a cutscene like you can do this in the game did you see that uh, gif
1: yeah 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 I saw it where it's like it's looking like John Wick
0: yes I'm so, like how is this, you can do this in this video game like okay and I tried it that you can right like wow you, you actually can, like, and the AI is really, like, fun, so, like, from a gameplay perspective, because one of the biggest things people have with these games, like, oh, it's not even a fun video game, you just go down a corridor and shoot people, and then a cutscene happens, but nah, this one, it's open, it's not, it's a corridor, quote-unquote, yes, but it has open areas, you're given some sort of choice in terms of which direction you go, you're given some sort of choice in how you tackle um, the, the, the challenges ahead of you, you can stealth it out properly this time, You can straight up John Wick it if you want. You can do traps and kind of be like a a predator. You've got choices basically. So as a video game, it's a good one. Like from the gameplay stance. So that's argument of oh, it's not a game thing out the window. It's a good video game.
1: No idea how happy it is. How happy I am that you've said this. (laughs) Because you see. Last of Us Part Two, you know, even though it didn't make my honorable mentions, my honorable mentions were, you know, Doom, Demon's Souls. Last of Us Part Two would be just below those games. Mm. In that I still think it's a fantastic game. Just 2020 is stacked. It is stacked. And, and, you know, Last of Us Part II absolutely would have made my list in any other year, apart from 2020. Mm. Mm. So, with that said, and my primary reason is for that everything you've said about the gameplay. It is... It's fantastic fun
0: <laughs> It is It's actually that, That's the thing is that, So that's the thing is that When I, someone asks me like, Oh is the game fun I'm like well no But that's story reasons The gameplay well, No but yes Yes like yeah Well, no but actually yes <laughs> But like, like The gameplay is very very fun Yes the gameplay is actually A lot of fun the story is not fun at all it is a horrible time playing that game is a horrible experience i know that sounds like a bad thing but that's exactly what they were going for
1: it's which supposed is to be
0: it's supposed to be horrible there's you know like a, a mutual mind that was asking me like you people who played last of us and finished it like how do you like like how do you have humanity after play like how do you feel you know and i totally understand where he was coming from because it's it's draining it's heavy it's It's, it's extremely draining man like i was i have not been upset with a character in in a a movie whatever or game the way i was upset with one of the main characters in this game you know let me know with ellie i was very upset with one of ellie's decisions I, I literally screamed at my. I was like, "What the? F- what? I, you know, like I was really, really mad. Like I was so mad. They, I, they managed. I know, I know. I know. Like they managed to make me dislike Ellie. That's crazy. I love Ellie. You know. So <laughs> they really, really pulled through, man. Like, oh, like you have to experience this game, even if it's like watching someone play it. Um, or playing it yourself. Like I said, the game won awards for its accessibility options where you can tone it all the way down to easy so it's very cinematic. You can have a waypoint showing you exactly where to go. You can switch up the auto-aim so that it snaps to enemies' heads. So literally anybody can play this game. Anybody, whether you're playing games for the first time or whether you want to turn all that stuff off and want a super, super hard survival mode type game, anyone can play this game. So I appreciate it's
1: commendable that. the the lengths which Naughty Dog went to to make the game accessible I guess you know when you've got the production values you can do such a thing
0: yes when you have the time and the money to do that you can you can do that which is commendable that they can because so many people played it so many people who don't play video I, the, a bunch of my youtube uh film critic video essay guys talked about last of us because they don't play video games but they like you know deep movies or whatever and the last of us is kind of one of those and because of those accessibility options they're like oh I just cranked it down to easy put auto aim on super high and I, I felt like a like a pro gamer and experienced the game and I'm like that's great that more people and I've I follow them on Twitter and I'm like I've seen them that are like now playing other games you know just because last of us part two managed to rope them in so that's always something I I, I, I appreciate. You like uh, to yeah and man the story the story is good but the characters are what really win the show the performances by uh, uh,
1: everyone Laura man Bailey.
0: by Laura Bailey obviously like steals the show because she is amazing actually uh, even uh, I like to shit on him for fun but you know I, I love him he's so pretentious uh, sh- crap what's his name uh, Joel what's, what's his name Joe's voice actor. Troy Baker, yeah. I I love Troy Baker. Like, loved him for a long time. I love to throw him because he's such a tryhard. But, (laughs) like, I I think this is his best performance, actually. Like, he really... I I could feel he put some... He put himself in this one. Like, he actually was vulnerable for this one. I I could feel it. He wasn't acting...
1: I think The Last of Us Part 2, I've never seen game creators... Whether it's actors or the developers be so passionate about something they've made. Yeah. You know, so like you can tell them the actors, they're so proud of what they did. Yeah. Even with Troy. Troy has delivered some some standout performances over he the has. years, man. Yeah. And you can like even him, like you can tell, man, he really liked this role. He
0: he did. He really, really did. And I mean, you can tell when someone puts their all in it. And then for some reason. And she doesn't even need to do this, whatever. But like for a long time before the game even came out, um Laura Bailey had this thing of I need to prove myself in this like even when she talks about in interviews about her role as Abby, she, she had this, I needed to do this to like prove to myself that I'm good. I'm like, dude, you're Laura fucking Bailey. What do you need to prove? You're the best! You're the best we have, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's funny. She's been around for so long. Like, what's that do? Right.
0: But she really went for it, and man, she. Oh, it's. And she was pregnant half the time while doing that, and Abby's role is very physical, very physical. So, man, uh, what a performance! Uh, what a great game! Uh, fantastic ending, uh, like great beginning. What a switcheroo. I mean, if you love that, let me tell you about a game called Metal Gear Solid 2. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like... <laughs> like, yeah, it's a good game. You should definitely play it if you get the chance to... Um, uh, it has some... This one has less horror elements than part one, I think. I don't know what you think, but I, I found it was less... Actually, no,
1: There's one part which is really scary, man.
0: Oh, oh okay. The, the one Resident Evil boss... Or is that what you're referring no. to? No!
1: Uh, the skyscraper and yes, and the hospital. i really scared. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Oh, I forgot about the hospital. That's true. Yes. That is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I focused more on the people. I don't I felt like the people were the most, I don't know, unknowing or more prevalent than the quote unquote monsters. But yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I, I think,
1: look, Last of Us Part Two is it's that sort of zombie story. Oh, the monsters are the people all along. All yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's fine. It does it right.
0: <laughs> it does do it right. The, man. Uh, and if the franchise has a future, I hope that they use the new character who shows up. He's, he's so endearing. He's so pure. And I can't wait to see him get tainted by this world (laughs) I think you know who I'm talking about
1: I'm I'm actually very scared that you know if if part three does focus on that one character like how messed up they're going to be and how upset everyone will be because okay I'll get out of the way the character is a trans character and you know there's one thing which is you know a bad trope is that oh if you're LGBT, that means you have to suffer in a video game. Oh it's yeah, it's like going to be really sad. Yeah, that's it's like, what happens.
0: Yeah, it's. Oof, I mean, yeah, that's the thing that if that's the thing. If 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 they're gonna continue with this franchise, I'm done with Ellie. I'm done. Like emotionally, I'm done. I've been through ups and downs with that character. I'm done. Uh, I don't want it to be Ellie. I want it to be Lev. Let it be Lev. But then. Now that you've mentioned that, I'm afraid, first of all, because they'll probably make him suffer. And secondly, just the whole backlash of, oh my god, you've got a trans character in your video game, whatever nonsense people do. That I'm also, I mean, that I can brush off, but it's also, like, tiresome, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, the discourse around Last of Us Part Two, I got tired of it. I like, like, no more. I'm, I'm tired of listening about this game. As much as I like it, I'm just tired of the discourse.
0: Yeah, yeah. But anyway... It felt
1: like a game which everyone said, hey, we're going to pick on this game. (laughs) Like, I, I am not interested in that.
0: Neither am I. But I will say one thing, though. The fact that it's so, like, gangbusters. It's won a bunch of awards. The fact that one of the most talked about, most popular, highly rated, highly uh awarded games of the year had a lesbian lead is amazing right one of the biggest games in the year has a prominent lesbian lead i don't think hollywood can say that and it wasn't one of those things like oh i'm lesbian (laughs) i you know my girlfriend died i guess and you're not gonna see anything (laughs) gay this whole movie you know except maybe i'll peck a chick once or wink at a girl so you know i'm still gay by the end of the film like this is like a proper like you know like it's front and center and it's the biggest game of the year uh, one of the biggest games of all time actually and gaming can point at last of us Part Two and say hey look whereas i don't think movies can do that yet i'm very proud of that
1: yeah you know <laughs> It's a game, there's always a lot to say about this. I I I really hate that it came out in this year that was so stacked. Mm-hmm. Because it definitely absolutely would have made my list. It's it's fantastic. It's it's so fun. The way the the encounter design and enemy design ties in with both of your characters, yes, and how it fits with the themes, you know, like how uh, Abby is supposed meant to be, a, is supposed to be a parallel to Joel, mm-hmm. and her moveset, her toolkit, is like Joel's from the first game.
0: Oh yeah, it you is know, I, I, like, I never
1: thought about That's true. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's
1: true. Yeah. Huh. I, I, those are the sorts of, you know, when you tie gameplay to your themes and your story like that. You you you've warned me over immediately. Yeah. So you know those small things you can tell that okay, that those that attention to care with the uh, on the gameplay side mixing mixing it together for the moments with the story and all that stuff. You know, acknowledging that hey, Ellie is you know she's weak, relatively weak. She has to use Certain, you know she has to use certain methods to to win her battles mm. compared to Abby and you know when you show those story differences in your gameplay I you know I always appreciate that sort of thing yeah And Last of Us Part 2 it does that really well Not even yeah. just the weaponry and all that stuff and you know of course you you actually have to have a fun game to do that last fast part 2 is is hella fun it is some of the most fun i've had in a third person shooter in a while yeah third person stealth shooter you know which is like the it's it's like the everyman genre
0: yeah it's yeah Yeah. oh
1: and that, that that's a lot coming from me who's you know, I there's not any naughty dog game which I ever say that hey this is a game of the year contender. I'm not the biggest naughty dog fan. <laughs> I never have been. So it sucks that their game, which I consider unequivocally their best game, has come out in a year so good that I can't appreciate it in my game of the year list. <laughs> I find it a bit sad. <laughs>
0: No, it's gotten its roses. I'm sure it's, it's, uh, it's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it doesn't, obviously.
0: <laughs> I'm very curious what Not Dog do next. Uh, I, I don't know if they will do this style again. They probably will. I don't know. But yeah, uh, the future is bright. I'm, I'm very happy for them. We've come to the big one <laughs> Mr. Robbins' game of the year 2020. Tell us about it.
1: As if you've seen my list on Twitter or on Facebook, you already know what it is. And it's a DLC. It's Kingdom Hearts 3's DLC.
0: Uh-huh. What is the full title of this DLC?
1: Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind. That's it? You know,
0: what? That's it? It's just called yeah. Remind? It's not Remind mm-hmm. memories of the past come to the no, future or whatever. No, no, whatever.
1: <laughs> no, no, no it, 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 um, Basically, it's just Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind. And, you know, you wonder, hey, what does a DLC have to do f- to be your game of the year? And it's, it's like, it was made for me. This DLC was hand, it's like, it's handcraft for, for me, for what I like in video games. Like, when I play a game, you know, I play games for artful purposes. I've said I'm not two-dimensional, you know, I, I can like a lot of games. But what Kingdom Hearts Three Remind does is, it's it's like this is perfect. It's everything I ever wanted. It's literally you know they, they, there's some story stuff. There's um, you know uh, teasing and all that stuff. But who cares about that stuff? It's got fourteen boss battles, which are all very good.
0: Fourteen in a DLC, and wow.
1: You know, I love boss battles. Like. I can't state this enough boss battles are very important especially for an action game and uh, and i went through this brief i went through this what i want out of a boss battle first you need good combat mechanics you know like uh, variety multiple moves just like in general stuff to do that you're saying that, oh, I'm, it's, the game isn't playing itself. Kingdom Hearts is often accused of playing itself because it's so easy. Remember, it's it's a Disney game. So, yeah. of course, it's going to be... It's made, it's made so that you can button mash. And that's okay. But underneath that, there have to be good core mechanics. You know, parries, elemental weaknesses, stuff like that. And Kingdom Hearts 3 had that. But the game was so easy that you couldn't actually use it. You just mash and then the enemies are dead before you have the chance to actually use the game's mechanics. Remind is the opposite of that because you've got difficult bosses. You've got bosses that whatever habits you built up, you're punished for them. You see, it's like, oh, enemy is doing an attack. Let me just mash the dodge button. In ReMind, you can't do that because they'll delay their attacks. They'll do an unblockable attack. They'll do stuff, you know, which is anti what you know. Mm -hmm. And that's, for me, you know, you don't do that all the time. But within the context of that, hey, this is a game that already released. So messing with your muscle memory because it's an already released game is perfect. Yeah, because it's dlc basically so it is it's literally dlc so when you mess with your pre-existing concepts of how you play the game you get nicer experience you get more fun experiences so remind does that while also taking advantage of the actual mechanics which ph3 had which it was too scared to use because you know had to, case you played it safe in the gameplay department because it had to appeal to so many people, five you know, millions of kids and all that stuff. So, Remind is like it's for it's for hardcore players. It's it actually uses the mechanics. The bosses are hard. They're harder than some of the hardest bosses in Dark Souls and stuff. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm actually. I'm not kidding. <laughs> It's actually, you know, it, the level of difficulty is that high in terms of the in terms of these 14 bosses. They mess around. So fulfills that. It talks. It does something else. I talked about when I was talking about DMC5. That's player agency. You know, which is um, again, it's going to sound like me bashing cinematic games, but mm, which
0: Kingdom Hearts 3 is actually,
1: yeah. But the DLC isn't, you see? (laughs) You see, player agency is so important. It is, to me anyway, it is very, very important to me. Having your actions being done by you is such an underrated thing. Like, if I do something epic, I don't want it to be in a quick time event. I want to do it. I want to be the one who did the cool thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, KH3 looks spectacular. You know, it's anime as hell. So, all, everything a bad guy is doing, everything you're doing, it's super flashy. But it's you at the end of the day. That's the most important part. So, like, look, I, I don't want to rag, rag on cinematic games. That I'm going to <laughs> do it. So, let's say, what's us it in God of War. Uh-huh. You know, you... It's really cool. It's epic. This is a, it's a, such a cool-looking big moment. You're fighting this dragon or whatever in like the 2018 one. Or you're fighting Hydra in the old ones. It's like, yeah, this is really cool, but you sacrifice so much of your player agency in those games. When you're actually fighting it, it's like, oh, I'm just whacking on a brick wall barely doing anything then when i make it weak that's when i get to do all the cool stuff it's a quick time event <laughs> i'm sure you know what i mean i know what you mean yeah <laughs> you're waiting for the car to hit Kingdom of hearts to remind no it is not like that you are doing all the cool stuff all the cool blocks and dodges you are involved and having that player agency while still having everything look you know, anime and visually splendid is very underrated it's something which it's something which I don't think people give games like Devil May Cry and Kingdom Hearts the credit for.
0: I've got a question
1: though. Even Benita Uh, is guilty for this I've
0: got a question Uh, one of the reasons why I like the and, and this is like an underrated franchise the Ultimate Ninja Storm Naruto series, Uh, they made a game called crap. What's that game? It had Akuma as a villain in a DLC. Crap. What's that game?
2: Asura's
0: Wrath. Asura's Wrath. Yes. Asura's Wrath. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, when playing the Ultimate System and/or playing Asura's Wrath, there's moments where you know, like it's a Naruto fighter, so you're doing the Naruto fighter stuff. But then, like the moment happens from the anime, and then you like do like the the what 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 square triangle and then he does the thing and then you tap triangle triangle tri- so it feels like it's quick them events yeah but it feels like you're the one doing that does that count to you as um uh, having agency
1: it depends it depends the thing is does it feel real is there is there room for me to make a mistake is it yes. actually me doing this the game guiding me ah. okay i see what you mean yeah, what it does? needs to the, it needs to feel real if it when if it doesn't let it sell me sell sell it to me well enough that it does feel real at least mm-hmm. the worst thing is always like stuff like oh now the boss is a turret section <laughs> Like oh like oh now the boss when you're fighting the boss you only have these forms of controls to do this don't limit my controls don't change my controls I hate it when you change my controls like <laughs> okay I don't hate it I don't hate stuff sorry I, I came out too negative there um, <laughs> you know it's it's just not as good when you like take away my controls to do You know, because you can't program your boss fight to work within the confines of your controls. You have to, you know, take away my controls or simplify my controls. I don't like that. You know, you can still deliver a quality boss fight that way. Give an easy example. The last boss in The Last of Us Part 2 is... It's that sort of simplified boss fight. They take away a bit of your controls. Your toolkits... Yeah, but it's you know, it's still an impactful boss fight for story reasons and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's multiple schools, but the boss fight I like, are where I have everything. I've got full control. Everything is up to me. No QTs. Everything is on me. The character I've built up the whole game. You know they haven't nerfed me, so that I can so that they can do the boss fight well. Everything is within the confines of the gameplay system within within the confines of the game systems you have designed a challenge that tests you on the game system that is what I love about that. for me that's what I need out of a quality boss fight and Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind delivers that in spades 14 of them and a lot of them are different it's it's, it's just, it's like, it's everything I could have wanted. And just like with Devil May Cry, I can't really, you know, it's hard to put into words apart from, hey, this is fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they add That's no story he... stuff to it either. Because I know like a big part of Kingdom Hearts is the story stuff. No, so...
1: no. I, I just said the story stuff, but I don't care.
0: <laughs> so that didn't factor in at all. About
1: it. Okay, look, the story stuff, it was a bit mind-blowing. <laughs> And, you know, there's some really stupid, but at the same time, really cool stuff going on, mm. which makes me you know, excited for where Kingdom Hearts is going to go.
0: Do you think, uh, uh, cause for me, the, my fascination with Kingdom Hearts is the crossovers. Do you think that they will um, add the new acquisitions? Are we going to see MCU characters in the next Kingdom Hearts? Do you think they will go that no. far?
1: I doubt but i think that you know if they run out of properties they'll have to eventually hmm.
0: what is okay, the I think, what is the wildest one that is you think okay. the most possible i think star one. wars
1: yes mcu need.
0: you know what? i can star wars, i can yes, definitely i can, i can definitely see ray in kingdom hearts
1: <laughs> yeah Star Wars, yes, MCU, no. But yeah, the story stuff is cool. And I appreciate the story stuff, but like, that's not why I like Remind. I like Remind because it's just such absolute fun. It's ridiculous to play. And you see, for me, when I like that sort of thing, I end up playing it over and over. Like, oh, I just beat this boss fight. Let me do it again. Because I want to optimize. <laughs> it's it's you know, it's one of those things. It's, it's a very personal thing, but that it really it it really speaks to what to what I like myself. That's what Remind did. So I spent hours and hours and hours. I played it on Xbox first. Then I played it on PS Four. I just bought it on PS Four. I played it again. It's like I can't I can't get enough. It's, it's what I want out of, out of, you know, out of action games. Just quality boss fights. It's part of why I like Souls games. Souls games have great boss fights. Even though, you know, the combat mechanics are not the best, they work well within the confines of that system. You know, that's an important thing. They also don't sacrifice player agency. You don't do QTEs in Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you do, it's you. And an easy way to tell is, oh, are you draining the boss's life bar to the, to zero, or do you drain it to just before zero and then do a QTE? That's an easy way to tell if I'm going to like a boss fight or not. <laughs>
0: ah, well put, well, well put.
1: So, you know, it's, it's, it's very much something that this is unique to me and that, like, I can get why other people don't l- appreciate that. But, you know, for my taste, Remind really knocks it out of the park. Just boss fights over and over, quality fights. You optimize, you learn. It's, it's, it's what, it reminds me what I like about video games. As, as a whole, like this is for me, this is what it's all about.
0: That's what it's all about. Okay, mm-hmm. well, well put, <laughs> well put, well put. Kingdom Hearts Remind, dude. All your all of your games are like DLCs
1: <laughs> or like I know special editions. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know, it's it's it's, it's a, been a really weird year and even final fantasy 7 remake even though it's the name it has the name remake in it it's the closest thing to a new game because to a new game yeah. So
0: yeah
1: i guess if i was to give like you know one actual new game it is 13 sentinels that's the actual that's the actual newest, newest game yeah what's new, new game that is like oh that 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 would so if I was to make my new games only, no re-releases or remakes, game of the year list top three, I guess it would be 13 Sentinels, Doom Eternal. Oh man, I don't know if it would be The Last of Us Part Two or Neo Two. Damn, this is hard. But yeah, it, it'd be something like that. man 2020 has been stacked
0: (laughs) (laughs) it has it has okay that's that's a that's a respectable and unique game of the year um yeah i feel like uh kingdom Hearts 3 discourse came and went real quick i don't know maybe because i'm not part of the fandom uh but it, it was huge last year i do remember that it was huge but i feel like it didn't last as long as the discourse leading up to three, am I am I wrong? Yeah,
1: that's I... how it always is. It's yeah. always like that.
0: Yeah, and it's the last of us part two. Jesus Christ. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Okay>. Moving on.
0: <laughs> Moving on. My game of the year should come as literally no surprise to anybody. <laughs> because this is my time to gush about uh one of the best games i have ever played in my entire life a culmination of all their works put together to perfection and uh my favorite thing about this game is getting to see um like I've kind of forced it on like my, my mutuals and uh like uh some of my colleagues who don't really play. I'm very glad seeing like my editor, she's playing it as well. She doesn't play many games, but she's finally playing through this game and she's loving it as well, which is amazing. And I am talking, of course, about Super Giants games is Hades. Man, Hades. uh oh, it is a roguelike action adventure. So think Diablo, but it's a roguelike um characteristics. So it's got like it's five levels, something like it's so like five levels, and when you beat those five levels, I guess that's one run, you've been in the game. But when you die, you have to start again from scratch. However, you keep some, I guess, uh XP or attribute points, whatever, which you can then get uh currency. You Keep currency, which you can get new items and power ups and stuff like that, which you can continue on and get randomized um, power ups as you go through your next run. It's repetitive, but that's where the fun comes in is that <laughs> whenever you die, and like most roguelikes, it's like you're literally starting from scratch again that's where the story stuff comes in like every time you die you come back and you meet the characters and it's like you're continuing the story it is canon to die in Hades when you die you're continuing the story and the story is fantastic Zagreus the son of Hades is trying to escape Hades he's trying to uh get to I don't want to spoil <laughs> he's trying to get to, uh, away from Hades maybe. and then later on he gets an even bigger reason to get away that's, Someone who he wants to go see. That's your incentive to leave Hades. And then uh, the gods of Olympus are trying to aid their relative. Um, so they give him power-ups and stuff. And each of those gods, Zeus, um, uh, Dionysus, uh, Jesus, their Hermes, they all have different, uh, different uh, characters and characteristics that amplify the narrative of the game and each gameplay run and it spurs you on to try and interact with them more because that's kind of the, the main driving force for me anyway uh, for the game I want to interact with these characters because they're all wonderfully uh, created and written um, and voice and jeez the voice acting is amazing across the board across the board first of all even the character designs are so good like all of all the like i've studied this before all the characters in hades are hot all of them they're all attractive all of them <laughs> it's 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 a it's amazing like man uh what's the name of the character and gen z like literally her name is gen z What 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 a great name! Uh, She she's man, give her (laughs) all the awards. Like (laughs) give her all the awards. She did a great job. The voice acting is super good. Um, I forget the guy who did the voice of Hades. He's the the voice of Super Giant Games. He's the the narrator and the transistor um, and the announcer in Pyre, like the the deep voice uh, guy. He did Hades and he did a great great job. Uh, Zagreus is such a lovable character um there's a a guy i I watched who described him as the most alpha of males like this is your ideal man right he is he's a ripped handsome sexy man right and he's super strong and agile but he's so nice he's so nice and friendly and he's just trying to be friends with everyone He even tries to get on his dad's good side, and his dad hates him. He has a terrible father, but he's so nice to everyone. You know, he's super, super friendly. That's so cool. And I like the idea of Hades being described as the most ideal alpha male because that is what I think all men should aspire to be. At the end of the day, just be nice, man. (laughs) You know, (laughs) just be a nice guy. It's not hard. Um. Yeah, I, I I love Zagreus He's such a good character. Um, I like. Uh, man, the voice acting. Meg's voice is so sexy, man. Like every time I met Meg, I'm like, let's go. <laughs> like such such like, man. Really well done voice acting. The and then I haven't even talked about the gameplay, which is the king of everything here it is snappy it is responsive it is dynamic you can depending on what weapon you get and what upgrades you have your you ne- each run is different you can never have the same run in Hades because it's randomized I guess you can have the same run if you like play it a thousand times but like it it allows for creativity right like you're 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 learning and and like switching it up and making it up as you go and mastering it on the go and that's 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 great you know that's man it's it is a gamer's game you know like it is it truly is a gamer's game like if you ever was like oh I like video games because of gameplay and stuff this is this is the game you want to play like this is you need to try Hades Um, I haven't even talked about the music Darren Korb man like Bastion. i've been bumping the bastion soundtrack ever since the game came out in 2010 or 9 whatever uh transistor fantastic soundtrack i think i had transistor in that soundtrack episode we did right did i pick it i think i did i'm not sure <laughs> i think i did yeah was it was either transistor or bastion one of them i don't know they're, they're both fantastic um and hey these men they really step it up like Woof. Darren Cobb, man. He really, really, like, went for it this time. It's, like, each character kind of has their own theme. Each stage has its own theme. The boss battles, like, the music ramps up or ramps down. The battle with uh, the Minotaur. Man, oh, man. The music is so good. Uh, the battle with Hades himself. Uh, yeah. She's, I I, I honestly believe this is a perfect video game. Like, I, I truly truly be, i i can't see a fault with this game i honestly can't i think it is perfect i think everyone should try it i uh unless maybe you just don't like roguelikes or the system but then even then it separates the roguelike system to kind of make it a little bit more accessible so there's something there for i think everyone so absolutely try it out when you finish your first run you can activate god mode so you can um like complete it easier or if you're like me and want to ramp up the difficulty they're like uh i think they're called bones i hope i'm not mixing up games it's bones um, right
1: no heat heat, heat
0: heat where are bones from okay yeah yeah the, the heat yeah uh you add the heat um to i guess add difficulty stuff they can make the spikes do like 400 damage. Yeah, that's right. 400 damage. They can make, they can double the enemy's spawns. They can double the enemy's HP. They can double the enemy's damage, stuff like that. Uh, so, because I've gotten so good at the game, because I think I've cropped like, geez, 40, 50 hours in Hades, um, I, I, I kind of don't want it to end. <laughs> and I, I enjoy the challenge of the game, right? And that's crazy coming from me, right? I enjoy the challenge in a video game. That's how good the gameplay is in this one, man. Like, I actually enjoy the challenge in this one. That I ramp up the difficulty myself. So, that's... Man, That's. I guess that's all I had to say about, about, about Hades, man. Like, absolutely try it out if you can. Look at the art, check out the music. Uh, absolutely try it out. Yeah. Hades, my 2020 game of the year.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Like, it, it, Hades is the success story of this year if I can say that mm-hmm. it's meant to be the you know it's seen as the good side of the gaming industry made by a team that doesn't crunch a team that you know they put their game on early you know Hades has been on early access for a while so it's it has active development with the community and they've followed everything about the game, and they've given feedback. And now that oh look, the full release is here, it's fantastic because you know they've been transparent, they've been honest, all that stuff. You know, mm, it's the anti-triple A game. It really is. A lot of people are calling it that.
0: It really, really is. And, like that story that came out about yeah, them, yeah. like giving, like like they literally work nine to five nobody stays after five like they'll literally force you to leave the office
1: <laughs> yeah. so it's like oh this is the anti triple a game it is the it's the hero's game it's the people's game it, it's nice to see it as a success story you know I I liked Hades I like it well enough It I don't love it like, uh, for you know a couple of reasons I I wasn't satisfied with the conclusion of the story, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I I applaud what they're going for, but I think you know, it's it's not that that's not my jam. Like that's not exactly what I want, mm-hmm. especially given that there's it is very much hinted at that the world in Hades is much bigger than Bigger, letting
0: yes. You know what? That's true, yeah. It, it, the world feels very big, but as you keep playing, you're confined. But then the, this feeling that there's so much bigger stuff out there it keeps lingering. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So there's that feeling and I, I really want to, like, I really want to know. <laughs> like, I want to see how bigger the world is. Uh, you know, there's that feeling I was never really fully satisfied with what the store of Hades gave me, mm. and the gameplay, despite being good, you know, the gameplay and music, this applies for both. They were good, but it's not what I want. Like, yeah, hey, I like this, but this is not, you know, this is not what I consider super super amazing game of the year tier. Not for me. Like, but you know. I I can absolutely understand if somebody feels that way about anything in Hades. So I... It's like, yeah, I absolutely get if you feel that way about this game. Because I think this way... The game I can compare Hades to the most, believe it or not, is God of War from 2018. Really? In that I haven't seen a game try to accomplish what it wanted as much as it. And, and the only one is of course God of War 2018 in that I feel like these games had goals that like, they wanted to accomplish.
0: Ah uh, like a specific goal and they're stuck to that one specific thing
1: not one specific thing like in terms of all round what did these games try and do mm. And I think, you know, God of War 2018 is an example of a game that, hey, look, everything this game tried to do, I think it did. And I feel the same about Hades. I feel like if the developers were to go back to it, there is nothing else they would feel like they needed more to do. That's how I feel about God of War 2018. Like, mm, if Santa Monica were given a chance to make this game again and make some changes, I think they wouldn't make any changes. That is exactly how i feel about it it is you know as you said it's a perfect video game and you know perfect is you know that word means a lot but <laughs> it is you know it's as perfect as it can be
0: yeah like Do
1: you know what i mean yeah and then you know you liking it is just down to your preference exactly yeah whether that's your flavor of perfect. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's how I view Hades. Like, it is probably the most perfect game since God of War 2018. As well as how people, as well as, you know, reception from everyone else. That's how I view Hades, personally. You know, even though this is not my brand of perfect, I think, I guess the word perfect is not the one. I think it is like the most competently made game
0: yes yes yeah
1: competent (laughs) it's the most competently made game yes in that like okay yeah it ticks all the boxes it was trying to tick and i can't fault it for anything in that regard and you know of, of course there are parts of it which i do think are actually exceptional i believe the character design is amazing as well as the voice acting i think those are those are actually the the the, the, be, the actual best parts of is for me. I, I believe art-wise, it is fantastic. And in terms of voice acting, it's also fantastic.
0: Indeed, I agree. I, f- I fully, fully agree. <laughs> fully, fully agree. I'm, I'm super looking forward to whatever they make next. I didn't think that they would succeed like this. I knew the game would be good. I didn't think it, like, when they announced it was going in, in early access, I was like, should I buy this LDX? I was like, you know, I really don't like early access games, so I'm just going to wait. And I waited and I heard everyone saying, this game's amazing. And I'm like, the only people who say that are people who played early access, and those are fanboys. So I never really trusted that. And then when the game came out, everyone's like, uh, okay, actually, yeah, I was like, actually, this game, guys, I need to play this game. And i was like, Great. <laughs> Like, okay, let's 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 try
1: it. Look, it it's got such a good risk to force me to play like roguelikes. That says a lot
0: <laughs> It does say a lot, because roguelikes are, are, are big... Wait, so but you play um uh what's this game with the bugs? The bug game, silk song, Hollow Knight. Have you played Hollow Knight?
1: That's I not know? a roguelike, that's a metroidvania.
0: But it's got it has roguelike elements
1: though. Yeah, of. Hollow Knights a metroidvania.
0: <laughs> Ooh, it, has...
1: doesn't. It, it doesn't it is... doesn't it absolutely doesn't. does it
0: not am i mixing it up with another game what happens when you die in Hollow Knight? do you not you start probably, from the yeah. beginning
1: yeah mixing it up with dead cells
0: oh yeah i'm mixing up with dead cells that's true oh god they no, came
1: up the same like year you, you go back to like a oh then code. you collect
0: your your soul yes whatever okay i yeah, believe
1: yeah. dead cells yeah Hollow Knight is, you know, it's Metroidvania plus Dark Souls, which is fine because Dark Souls is literally a 3D Metroidvania.
0: It is. It is. Moving on. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, those were our games of the year for 2020. A, An interesting year for games, uh, to say the least. I mean, for starters, we had no E3 this year, which to me probably wasn't a big deal to a lot of people but to me E3 is a really it's almost a, like a religious experience for me like i've followed E3 i'd watched it live ever since 2010 really? so not having an E3 was really like sad for me because i, I it, like it's super important to me so not having yeah it was tough but I I understood why they were doing it. Uh, There are business reasons why there was no E3 and obviously COVID, but I think a huge part is the business reason. Uh, And I don't know if there will be an E3 next year or the other year. I I don't think so, which makes me sad because I really did want E3 as a concept to exist. I think it helps uh, elevate some games that may not have, elevated i don't think no man's sky is no man's sky without e3 i think having um sean mario walk up on stage there and talk about no man's sky elevates it i think having ikumi nakamura walk up on stage makes her the next biggest superstar and whatever she makes next is gonna be ex like well known because it's ikumi you know what i mean
1: so eyes on.
0: yeah so I think it's important for that reason Uh, and also just as a celebration of games award season is good but I don't think games are as celebrated as during E3 like all the gamers for like a week like Twitter is just games for a week and just positively even if it's snark it's like positive snark you know what I mean and I love that I really really love that so stretching that out as it did this year with the summer what is it called Summer of Games what did Jeff Keely call his thing yeah Summer of Games Summer of Games stretching game it out games. I think Summer like, Games first. yeah it, it loses that oomph you, you know you wanna I liked staying up till zero three. 3 you know like an all-nighter of just game trailers game trailers game trailers like I liked that feeling of just like being hit by a ton of trucks of just game information and processing it throughout the whole week you know i actually even like the leaks man like it's fun it's it, it's a fun experience so not having that in the year was um kind of sad and knowing that it might not exist again will be sad i hope that the uh jeff kitty is kind of convincing all these publishers because they're doing their own thing now to put their quote-unquote conferences close together so that maybe it lasts instead of lasting Three months. It should maybe last a week. Maybe have one conference a day or something. I think that would be uh, really good. Uh, yeah, uh, that's one of the big things.
1: The I thing is, you know, I, I'm I'm going to be the the, the pessimistic realist here. You know, we've got to look at facts. If you want mind share, you space things apart. True. If you want you know. If all of Sony, so. You know, Sony were the first to bail on E3. And if they want their, you know, their conferences stand out the most, what do you do? Have it be alone. It's yeah. unfortunate. But, you know, it's it was a signal of... Sony bailing on E3 was a signal of things to come. Now everyone does their own conference and then you've also got the whole thing, you know, how E3 broke everyone's trust with, you know, they doxed a bunch of journalists. <laughs> uh, so it's, you know, it's, it's not looking too bright for E3. It's not. It's I not will miss the, you know, I I will miss having a centralized place knowing that, hey, around this time of the year, this is when I expect announcements because now it's a, now it's, you know, it's what the corporations want we're thirsty, we're thirsty, we're thirsty, and then they give us the info when they want. That's exactly what corporations and capitalism want. Yeah, That's exactly where we're going, you know, the way Sony and Nintendo Directs are. It's really, you know, it's sad that it's that way, but, I, but you know, I think it's better in other ways, like, you, you know, you won't be forced to make an E3 demo. I'm sure you've heard of... Horror stories or history yeah, demos
0: before. demo
1: nonsense. You yeah. You spend lots of money to make a vertical slice of a game which won't even exist. And all it does is make life difficult for the developers.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that won't exist anymore, so I guess that's one positive. So, that's true. Yeah, I guess another big thing that happened this year was uh, Microsoft buying uh, Zenimax's game studios, which is Bethesda basically, yeah. for what is it, $7 billion? Eesh, 7.5 billion? $7.5 billion. That was a seismic shift, which I don't think has been felt quite yet, um, but will
1: be. It's actually really funny how, despite me talking, about how much that to influence the industry here we are and like nothing has changed <laughs> it very much feels like the mindset is still still where we think yeah yeah
0: i think that when the first bethesda game comes out and that knowledge of oh no this is exclusive that's when people will be like oh wow you know like that's that's when it's really gonna hit you know, like <laughs> it's not gonna hit just yet. I feel like this is how all business deals kind of are. I, I, the way I don't think we have felt Disney buying Fox just yet. Like it still feels like those things are separate. But once a couple of years pass by, you will be like, oh, okay, <clears throat> everything is Disney now. Damn. So I, 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 I totally I understand exactly what you're saying. I, 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 but I, I can foresee it. I mean, Skyrim is on Game Pass so <laughs> so that's uh,
1: that's a thing that's you know that's it's yeah. absolutely a thing
0: uh, another thing is the consoles came out We've got new hardware which uh, in, a, in a tumultuous year getting new hardware and the thirst for the hardware was extremely real let me know if you say was is extremely real you can't buy those things anywhere you have to, like, fight a demon to get one or whatever, <laughs> so... Um, and the reaction to them has been positive. I think it's what everyone
1: kind of wanted.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah. What, what do you think?
1: Look, I'm going to be honest. PS5 has kind of reignited my drive for gaming. <laughs> like, I went on a mini hiatus because I was, like, kind of burnt out and then now that... And okay, not because I was burnt out. Because PS4 is just so loud. <laughs> so, you know, it's really inconveniencing to play a very loud console. You have no idea. <laughs> like, PS4 was so loud that I just say I don't want to play this. I don't want to deal with this. It's funny. You know, it may seem funny like that, but like... It that sort of stuff does matter to to some people. It does. No, I, I totally so, you know, understand what you mean. Being, and you know, here's the thing. I have an Xbox One X, which is a, a quiet system. Xbox One X is quiet. It's very quiet, but yes. It doesn't have one. It doesn't have one. The games I the library I want and two. It, it craps the bed when it goes offline. Yeah. The Xbox really needs to be online half the time. <laughs> so I couldn't like make it my primary system. It was always annoying me in some way or another. PS4 had everything I wanted at the library. And it didn't crap the bed in case my internet went out. Mm-hmm. It was so loud that I just I don't want to play this. I'm just going to do something else yeah ps5 hits both of those things quiet as hell i'm right now i'm actually playing crash bandicoot and i'm suffering but uh, <laughs> you,
2: you know you can hear it
1: yeah 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 but that's i'm definitely happy with the new hardware and i think a lot of people in general are happy with the new hardware you know this year most uh, this, you know, of course, we won't feel this in our country because of how bad our economy is in general. But, you know, a lot of guys have not gone on holiday. A lot of like American and European people, the money, the, it's common for them to go on vacation. The money those people saved for vacations, they haven't gone for vacation. Instead, they, they you know, they've got turned to gaming. That's why the switch has been, like, so massive this year. Animal Crossing was a hit. You had, what, Across
0: I- the board, everything. Last of Us sold numbers they didn't expect. Um, Nier Automata got a spike a spike in sales because of the announcements of the new Nier. Um, Among Us got a... Calling that a spike is an understatement. <laughs> um dude every game every game so dude cyberpunk sold 8 million before it came out
1: 13 million it sold 13 million in two weeks
0: that's not right you know like the numbers across the board were crazy like if your game didn't sell this year you you your marketing team just didn't try to be honest (laughs) your marketing team just didn't try
1: that's that's harsh that's harsh (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> but yeah like gaming has done really streaming streaming was big this year dude someone showed me a a, a screenshot of hololive subscribers from january i kid you not korene had a hundred thousand subscribers no no not a hundred thirty thousand subscribers in january that sounds like a lie but it's like
1: <laughs> it now
0: right like within the span of a year, from 30 to a million. That's nuts. That's nuts. So, wow, like, streaming was up. Anything to do with gaming, really, went way, way up. Um So, yeah, gaming did really, really well. The only part of gaming, I guess, that suffered was eSports, because, you know, uh, it's sports, and it's even cool. though online gaming does exist, the real like the majors are actual sporting events. They have to do them like in person and all that stuff. So I'd say that's the only aspect that kind of suffered. But other than that, um, gaming in general has been boosted. Um, Yeah, it has. So very, very happy about that. And I think the games, the variety of games uh, has improved as well. Or maybe just that there's lots of coverage. Genshin Impact I think was a eye opener in the free to play mobile space. That game is huge. That game is bigger than any of us know. You know, <laughs> like it's, it's it's quite big. Uh, so I, I I can foresee more of that happening uh, in the future.
1: Yeah, gaming is, you know gaming has had a good year. It's, you know, it's not been like a great year for. Me lots of people on a personal note and all that stuff it's been a pretty crappy year you know i think we can all admit that mm-hmm. and you know, but ge- gaming has thrived this year gaming has done very you well know, there's been lots of quality games i feel like this year if you if ever the, there was a year to say okay i'm going to try and get into gaming this is definitely the year with how, just how much stuff there was, Indeed. and I feel like you know, part of that is also part of it being you know last gen year. Twenty thirteen was generally considered to be a strong year as well, mm-hmm. and the problem is you follow it up with a weak year, <laughs> and I think this is one of the interesting things in that. Oh. Uh, we talk about 2014 as being one of the worst gaming years in general but there's two reasons for that one nintendo was not firing at full cylinder no the wii u yeah and two both sony and microsoft were you know coming to terms but i feel 2021 it won't be as strong as 2020 but it will definitely be much closer comparatively than 2014 was to 2013 i think 2021 will be a good year not the best but it'll be a pretty good year why because you know we've got a good quality nintendo nintendo are doing well where there's big chance breath of the Wild 2 is next year
0: the delays bro the delays are gonna hit
1: Yeah, that's the worrying part about uh, No, I mean the delays from
0: this year are going to hit next year.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. that too.
0: So Uh, I I think it's going to be a strong
1: year. I I think, yeah, 2021 will be pretty good. I'm excited for it. I don't think it will be 2020, as I've said. But I think all around, it will be a very... 2021 is looking to be a very good year, to be one of the stronger ones.
0: It's supposed to be the Horizon and supposedly God of War, right? Supposedly? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Horizon, God of War, New Zelda game. Uh,
0: Metroid Prime 4, amazing
1: year. Oh, Shin Megami Tensei five. yeah, I think that's actually my <laughs> most... Of all the titles that I actually think will come out in 2021, that's my most anticipated one.
0: I actually think Elden Ring is going to come out next year. I know that sounds like a troll, but I legitimately do think it's going to come out next year. The fact that no, Key has been like, I've, play I've played this game. So. Like, Key is like, I've played this game, it exists, whatever. And there's another person who's like, yeah, I've played the game as well and even they I think came out officially and were like ah uh, guys stop trolling this game is actually like we're actually making it so and and those guys is turn around is like what four years I'm
1: not going to talk about it look even though I know it's it's going to come out next year I know that but I'm just not going to actually talk about it until <laughs> it's officially announced. I just don't want to do anything <laughs> but, yeah, apart from you know Elden Ring and it's Extraordinary circumstances, it is SMT5, I'm sure.
0: Final Fantasy 16 uh, is coming out next year as well.
1: No, so. it's not, it's coming, and it's definitely not coming out next year.
0: <laughs> I mean, it could be a November release, who knows? Yeah,
1: I feel Square Enix have complained way too much about COVID for it to come out next year.
0: <laughs> fair, fair. There's Resident Evil Village. I think it's gonna be pretty good here. Far Cry, which I am very mm-hmm. much looking forward to. Very, very much. I really like those games. Those are like my color Yeah, specific. those are like my junk food games, the Far junk Cry food games. Food. You know? They are yeah. You know you know what they taste. That's like. The Creed. Yeah. <laughs> like you know what they taste like? I'm not gonna go to like bat for it as game of the year or whatever, but like I'm definitely gonna play and absolutely enjoy them. So yeah, I think next year is not going to be dull as c- compared to each ne- like new um, generation yeah. kind of game. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be quite good. The PS4 year was bad. That first year, that was a bad year. My God. Oof, oof. Halo is coming out next year. It was not the best. Like Halo Infinite Halo. coming out next year.
1: Fingers crossed, man. I am praying. I'm praying it is good.
0: Now, that game's going to be good, man. It's going to be good. It's, it has to be good. <laughs> this is the fanboy, me jumping out now. That it, that game, it has to be good. It has to be good. There's a
1: difference between it has to be good and it's going to be good.
0: <laughs> it has to be good. It really does. Um, I, I trust that team. Halo 4, I think, doesn't get the praise it is. there's I think 343 were forced into a corner and they came out the other end and made one of the best Halo games and I think many people just don't praise them because they made a competent game like Halo 4 came out and they're like yeah this is a good game I was like what do you mean yeah this is the first Halo game and they matched Halo 3 what are you saying yeah this is a good game matching Halo 3 is not a simple feat that's
1: a lot of people do not agree with your opinion
0: myself included but okay man I love I love Halo 4 I really really do like I really, really do.
1: I think it's my least favorite
0: <laughs> of all of them. Wow. I mean, I, I think I, so. I, I don't know what my
1: least I, I like absolutely Halo. hate what they did to Cortana, Okay,
0: yes. Temoshana, I do not I like yes. what they
1: did to Cortana.
0: Okay, yes. I'll, I'll 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 agree with you there. Yes. Gameplay-wise though, good game. Halo 5 <laughs> is better. I haven't played Halo 5.
1: Halo 5 is the one I Halo 5 is the one I feel like it got more stick than it deserved
0: you think so I do the reason I didn't play Halo 5 is because I heard that it was meant for four people and if you play it alone the AI is dumb and I'm like I love playing Halo with my friends I played Halo 1 uh, with friends I played Halo 2 with friends I played Halo 3 co-op with friends Uh, Halo 4 I played alone and that still worked. When Halo 5 came out and they were like, uh, this is, you need four people, kinda. I was like, eesh, I'm out. Like, and it was not, I was not split screen. It wasn't split screen. That was the thing. If it had split screen, I'd be like, I get it. Sure. Let me play with my friend. But, you know, and we'll see. I'll try it out. It should be out. It's on PC, right? Halo 5 is on PC, isn't it? It Must
1: be. Not Not yet.
0: Why do I think it's on PC?
1: Because the rest of the MCC is.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. All right. I'll wait for it to come out on PC, and then I'll definitely play it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Give Give Halo Five a shot. Story is kind of controversial, but I prefer what they did with Cortana in Halo Five than what they did in Halo Four. A <laughs> lot to look at, uh, to look forward to. Hopefully, I will be able to play enough games to make a list yet again and, and struggle with it. I think, you know, being able to struggle is a nice dilemma to have because it means you played lots of good games. I'm hoping it's the same next year.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I, I hope so too, considering I want to play all the AAA or most of the AAA games at least. The ones that I'm appeal to me at least. I want to try them out. Hitman 3 is coming out know most people don't play that next game month. that franchise but it's a franchise that you shouldn't sleep on yeah they're good they're very good they're very very good Kenna, which was like my most anticipated ps5 game is also supposed to come out next year early next year so um that's another one so yeah uh, i guess that was 2020 gaming as a whole a fantastic year for games a pivotal year for the gaming industry. Um, it had great video games as well come out, and yeah, looking forward to next year. <laughs>
1: Any final words, Robin? Um, thanks everyone for listening. Like this year, we started what halfway through the year.
0: Yeah, about
1: uh, we, we hope to continue this into next year as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure.
1: So, like everyone, yeah, thanks for listening and all that stuff. Uh, we, you know, hope you will continue listening, and we hope that your 2021 is better than your 2020. <laughs> not looking good but you we can hope we can hope (laughs) we can hope
0: all right thanks for listening guys and uh enjoy the new year and you listen to us i guess next year